Hey friends, this is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Long time no listen. Well, here's the deal. Uh, We've got a very special bonus episode experience. And basically what we're doing is this is the audio from an episode of Phil and I's Disney Plus Reviews Podcast, which is available Everywhere you get your podcasts, it's a great episode. Uh, we're talking about the movie Black Hole, which is or the Black Hole, which is a Disney movie, and uh, it's from nineteen what seventy eight and uh, or seventy nine, excuse me, and um, fits right in with the horrible movie podcast. And so I really wanted to upload this audio. It gives you a little preview for Phil and I's other show, uh, Jerry McMullen, a longtime uh, uh, great guest on the Horror Movie Podcast is on this one. And really, uh, again, a special episode, a little bonus for you guys if you want to check out that podcast over there, uh, Disney Plus Reviews. We talk about everything that's on Disney Plus. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but ultimately, here's what I'm going to tell you. There's this episode, and then down the road, coming pretty soon, I've got uh, Cats uh, that we're going to talk about on the Horrible Movie Podcast, and then also Doolittle is coming down the pipe. So stay tuned. Some new content from the Horrible Movie Podcast. It's coming back. Um Trying to just uh, slowly work back into it. Uh, It's been good to have a break, but I really want to fire it back up and have a little fun uh, because it's uh, something I miss doing. But anyway, uh, here it is, The Black Hole, uh, audio straight from Disney Plus reviews that Phil uh, and I do, and uh, enjoy it. Uh, If you need anything, holler at us over on Twitter at One Horrible Movie. Uh, go to our Facebook page, just type in The Horrible Movie Podcast, or also our uh, much maligned, uh, beleaguered uh, YouTube channel. Just uh, just type in The Horrible Movie Podcast on uh, YouTube, and you'll find us some videos over there, some new stuff, old stuff, whatever. But thanks again. We'll see you all soon, and uh, thanks for listening. See you later. Welcome, everybody, to episode 13 of Disney Plus Reviews. I'm one of your co-hosts, Phil Souza, and I'm here with my co-host, my good friend, and an expert at ESP, it's Jack Altermat. What's going on, Jack? Uh, whenever whenever I um, use my mental powers to talk to Vincent the Robot, <laughs> he, uh, he, always, he always shoots me straight. He's a straight-shooting robot with a heart of gold. Yeah. But... Uh, He's he's very cutting with some of his remarks. <laughs> uh, and we have an awesome guest as well with us today. Two weeks in a row with guests. I, I'm digging this. Um, from the worst comic podcast ever, it's Jerry McMullen. So glad to have you on the on the show this week, Jerry. Thank you, guys. Yeah. I'm so glad to be back. I I enjoyed all of our conversations on horrible movie podcasts, and I'm anticipating that this will just be the first of multiple conversations with you guys on Disney+. Plus. Well, you're in the Horrible Movie Hall of Fame as a uh, preferred <laughs> yeah. guest. And honestly, this movie, I think, in could've, my eyes... Could have gone both ways. Well, and we may be able up. to just take this audio and just make an episode over there, too. We so. may do a surprise episode of H&B. <laughs> just drop it in yeah. there, and people will be like, here we go. So. I've got a couple others 
in the hold yeah. between Cats and Doolittle that are coming down the pipe at some point. But um, yeah. let, let me get into a little bit of the rigmarole, and then I want I want to tell this the quick story. It's, it's not a long story. A quick anecdote about how we got you on the show for this to talk mm-hmm. about this movie. But uh, sure. if you're just joining us on the, for, for this podcast, we are an unofficial Disney Plus podcast reviewing the most popular stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, but this week we're kind of talking about a movie that's probably not been very popular on Disney Plus, to be honest. Uh, probably not a lot of people are got Disney Plus and then immediately went to the black hole. They just couldn't wait to watch it. Uh, they're probably going to the Dis- the princess movies first. Uh, but it's worth definitely worth talking about for sure. Uh, we mentioned this. Jack actually kind of found this as like a hidden gem. It was like so at the end of every episode we do. Mm-hmm. What else are you watching on Disney Plus? And I think Jack had maybe watched the trailer. I had I had read something. Uh, about Disney Plus, we were just doing some, you know, show show prep stuff, and someone had an article about Black Hole because Star Wars uh, mm-hmm. it was coming out, and so I was like, "What?" Like I'd never even heard of this movie. Yeah, I hadn't either. And uh, then I started lo- watching a little bit, watched the trailer, watched the first twenty minutes, and I told Phil about it. So yeah, and it's exciting. Yeah. And so Jerry, uh, who has been listening to the show, apparently, thanks, mm-hmm. thank you for listening. Oh yeah, um, absolutely, it's awesome. Uh, hit, immediately hit me up on Facebook and uh, started out with a correction, which I appreciate. <laughs> he he yeah. said because uh, I think we said we uh, for some reason looked something up really quickly and we thought the movie came out in 1977. And I think that maybe yeah. the Star Wars correlation there, and mm-hmm. you know, this, this is basically Disney's reaction to Star Wars slash yep. Star Trek at the time I, as well. But. Yeah, we'll get into that. I, th- I f- I'm feeling more Star Trek honestly, but no, and I agree. But yeah. there are aspects where they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then Jerry Jerry hit me up and he said, "Man, if you guys talk about the black hole, you better invite me onto that show." So yeah. um, here's yeah. what here's what I want to know, Jerry. What is your history with this movie? You actually, I was three months old when this movie yeah. came out. I, we won't ask you how old you were, but uh, no, you saw it in I, theaters. I am the only one on this on this call that did see it on a big screen. Oh, there's no, yeah, I would have had no chance. I would have been Pay, one. paid for a ticket to get it. Admittedly, it was a, it was a child ticket. So yeah. not full price. Um, and I was, I would have been nine, 10 at the time that it came out. It's kind I of saw perfect it. age for this really. Um, and I mean, at that age, my childhood was all about star Wars. Yeah. So, once I saw Star Wars, I was a, I was converted, and I would, I would latch onto anything that remotely resembled Star Wars in any way. You know, whether it was Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, um, around or shortly after Black Hole, you had Buck Rogers in the 25th Century, Flash Gordon, yeah, things like that. I was latching onto anything I could find that was sci-fi related, and so when Black Hole came out. You you kind of saw these trailers and it looked interesting, but it had the Disney name attached to it, and that's like the blessing of every parent. <laughs> right? It's a, Disney, it's a Disney movie. Sure, you can <laughs> yeah. It. Why not Disney movie? <laughs> and so we went to the movie, and I think nine or ten year old Jerry probably loved it to death. <laughs> I I was just fascinated. As fifty year old Jerry, I. We were, and we'll get into it throughout the show. It's it's a nice movie. It's not a great movie. <laughs> That's kind of my thoughts as well. And, and obviously, Jack and I watching it for the, for the very first time this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that that's kind of. I think we're going to agree as far as how we see it today. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so uh, Black Hole is a sci-fi movie that came out in 1979, as we said, uh, directed by Gary Nelson, who had previously done Freaky Friday, which is also a Disney movie. Uh, that's probably how he kind of stayed in their good graces was, you know, doing another movie for them produced by Walt Disney productions. As, as he said, um, I, one thing I read on trivia this week or this morning actually was that it's their first Disney's first PG movie. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't look it up just to make sure that that was absolutely true, but I think that's right. Um, they, they'd only done G rated. Wow. That's yeah. so yeah. Think which, about. which means freaky Friday was G, but, um, yeah, they, they had done live action movies, and but this definitely pushes the limits. Of, uh, <laughs> it's got uh, you know adult themes. It's Wait, got no, a little, not at all. It's got a little violence in it. Of course, this is PG before there even was a PG thirteen. But yeah, um, but it's it's definitely violent. Um, there's a lot of um, like blaster fire for lack of a letter. Pew, better a lot word. of this. Pew pew yeah. pew pew pew. Um, but there's not blood. Like it's not bloody. No. Um, so I feel like it's appropriate for kids, yeah, older kids. That the one character gets attacked by the by the robot with the spinning yeah. thing yeah. and it, it apparently kills him but it doesn't maim him i right. mean there's no blood or <laughs> yeah. anything he just falls off <laughs> just did falls you down. know i don't know if you knew this jerry but uh ron papil uh got a lot of his inspiration for his uh made you know as seen on tv products by from, Mac- <laughs> from maximilian's spinny hands yeah yeah the ninja uh blender is definitely 100 percent ripped from maximilian <laughs> Uh, I want to read the synopsis. It's just like a little two-sentence synopsis or three-sentence synopsis on Disney+, Plus, and we'll get into discussion on it. Uh, this is what it says. The USS Cygnus, it's a, like a spaceship, is perched precariously at the edge of a black hole, the vast empty nothingness where space and time end. Anything that crosses its border enters a universe of the complete, the complete unknown. In this story of genius robots and mad humanoids, audiences <laughs> take a spectacular descent into nature's ultimate mystery, the black hole. Black hole. Oh. Uh, by the way, this movie came out, uh, and, and why I, I kind of want to talk about Star Trek a little bit, and and honestly, uh, go back and, and listen to the latest episode of the worst comic podcast ever because they actually just um, had a, a great conversation with uh, Star Trek writers, uh, yes. like people who have written for Star Trek awesome. properties, which yes. is crazy. Uh, Dayton Ward and uh, Kevin Dilmore, they're local Kansas City writers that have done a lot of Star Trek writing credits across all the different platforms, whether it's original series, next generation discovery, you name it, they've done it. And Dayton has this book coming out and it'll be available at planet comic-con cool. called Kirk foo, which <laughs> is weird. What, the, what? <laughs> the illustrated guide to fighting like captain Kirk. Oh, okay. oh that all sounds right. great. That's, that's cool. and, and I'm telling everyone, you need to go see Dayton at Planet Comic Con and pick up this book from them. Absolutely, awesome. yeah, That's I will cool. definitely check that out. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the original series, so I would I would be I'm all a, about a big that. Big fan of it, yeah. All yeah. Star Wars. There's got to be a you know like a double slap on the head uh, attack move, <laughs> karate chop to the neck. <laughs> anyway, um, so this okay. So uh, back to what I was saying. This movie came out two weeks. After Star Star Trek the Motion Picture, the first Star Trek Ooh. one, two weeks, nah. it, the, you yeah. could go see these movies back to back in the theater. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I looked up some of the numbers. Star Trek ate this movie's lunch apparently. Um, so this movie had a twenty million dollar budget, thirty five million dollar box office. So it you know essentially broke even, maybe maybe a few dollars. Star Trek the Motion Picture had a forty six million dollar budget, so twice the budget mm-hmm. of this, and it shows. Uh, the box office was 139 million dollars. So most people were 
I mean, I, Jerry, you may have seen both in the theater. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you no, did. I did. Okay. I did. Um, my my guess is you probably saw Star Trek first, or uh, maybe you saw Star Trek twice, or something. The, the Star Trek made a lot more money. This mo- the movie is what I'm saying. <laughs> here I, and again, I'm I'm dating myself here because uh, when I saw Star Trek the motion picture, uh, it was before you could do like advanced ticket purchase or oh, yeah. assigned seating. Yeah. So um long that's long before yeah long long before that so and of course star trek the motion picture obviously not a disney movie so mom and dad were a little leery about me going to see that so dad had to take me to see it and as i recall it came out in early december and we lived in omaha at the time and at that point you had to wait in line to buy your tickets until the screening ended and then the next one would open up. So we were standing outside in December waiting to buy tickets and some idiot in a car crashed into a pole, knocked out the power in the block. So we had to stand outside like an extra two hours. Oh my goodness. That's how I always tell people that I know that my dad loves me is that he stood outside in December for two (laughs) hours to buy tickets to a Star Trek movie. He didn't want to see, but he, his son wanted to see it. That is awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely would, would much rather go back and watch, um, Star Trek, the motion picture than this one. Although I am glad that I saw this movie. I will say that. Um, uh, what are your guys' overall feelings on the movie? I guess we'll start with with you, Jack. Um, what, what? How do you feel about the movie as a whole? I, I feel like the um, my favorite aspect of the movie is the set, like the set design mm-hmm. and how shiny things are. Because I feel like uh, space movies at the time, like Space Odyssey, two thousand one Space Odyssey, yeah. like mm-hmm. what? Why it was so cutting edge when it came out, which was what, like sixty nine? Is that when it came out? Yes. So like it, they they. They knew. Look, it's space. It's futuristic. Let's make it shiny. We can't. We can't wow you with actual special effects, but we can wow you with set design of shininess. Mm. And so this movie kind of takes a piece, of, like a a, a a cue from that. And that aspect of it, the black hole itself, I kind of be interested to see how they even made that. Because in 1979, I mean, there is no CGI, so like the the black hole itself looked kind of cool. And that may have been some sort of they went back in and remastered or something. I don't know, hmm. but um, that's probably my favorite aspect of it. I feel like some of the acting was stiff at times, and I also feel like yeah. the uh, some of his overacting. And then also, I laugh at just some of the trope things that uh, the the main bad guy does. But I love it. I mean, it's still man, it's fun. It was fun to watch. It's, I would tell anyone they need to watch it because it's just like silly stuff and overacting and yeah. Are they are they cyborgs or is this necromancy or is this necromancy is the question? <laughs> cyborgs or nec? I'm not sure which we've got. I think cyborgs, but they're never really sure. But anyway, that's a, that's for later in the show, I guess. Maybe yeah, that's the question. Uh, let's let's uh, mention the cast real quick, and then I want to get Jerry's thoughts. But um, starring Maximilian Shell, who's uh, the bad guy in this one. Which, by the way, I feel like uh, I, I have a take on his situation yeah and it may vary from what the movie was trying to uh portray go ahead the the main robot the main bad robot in this one bad robot uh thanks bad for robot. Abrams, um is uh this massive red robot named maximilian and apparently they had his name picked out before they cast anyone which is cr- that's a crazy coincidence but maximilian shell it like bosses around maximilian like 
in, in this movie. Yeah. It's really weird. Anyway, Anthony Perkins, um, who probably is best known for playing Norman Bates in the original Psycho um, movie, but I mean that movie came out almost twenty years before this movie came out. Uh, Robert Forster, who's been a supporting character in a, a bunch of stuff that you've seen. You've seen him on screen. Once you see him in this movie, you're like, oh yeah, yeah that's a younger version of an actor I've seen before. Um, and he just passed away a couple of weeks ago. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, so, wow, that's interesting because I know that they were talking about, so he's been in Breaking Bad, like, I guess he was kind of a favorite character in Breaking Bad, yeah. which I've not seen that show, but I know everyone tells me to watch it, but, uh, and he was, he also started in El Camino, which is that, mm-hmm. that movie follow-up, uh, and I think they were talking about doing, uh, bringing his character into the fifth season of Better, Better Call Saul, but maybe that won't happen now, um, unless they already shot that, but. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm a huge fan of Better Call Saul. I I love show. Bob Odenkirk. Man, it's a great show. His 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 delivery is perfect. Mm. I it it's one of those shows where I I put the phone down. I'm not looking at it while right. while I'm watching it. I I am so focused on that show at all times. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is it is hands down one of my favorite shows when it's on the air and it's it new seasons coming up in a couple of weeks so. yeah yeah a- anthony perkins and and robert forster kind of taking the, the lead uh roles uh, from the from the good side of the equation and of course mm-hmm. maximum maximilian shelby and the bad guy um uh Jerry, what are, you, what are your overall thoughts on the on the movie? Well, is is I, well, I, I, first of all, you got to mention oh, Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, my gosh, oh, Ernest Borgnine, man, like with it, with that cheesy mustache. Air, Airwolf <laughs> and this, Ernest Borgnine can only play Ernest Borgnine in things. Like, there's just yes. no debate about that. The other two things yeah. was the voice actors between Roddy McDowell yeah. as Vincent, and I'm telling you right now, personal favorite Slim Pickens <laughs> as yeah. uh, old Bo- old Bob, old Bob. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncredited, by the way, they are not. They don't show yeah. up in the credits in which, any way. But voice acting, so weird. But voice acting back then didn't. It, it was like nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to know what they even got paid. Which nowadays, huh. to get a level of, I mean, Roddy McDowell, like big time yeah. actor then, mm-hmm. to get his voice, if the equivalent now would be, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna say like, I mean, who would be equivalent, Jerry? I mean, to Roddy McDowell back then. I mean, he was in um, Planet of the Apes. He was in like really. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I mean, he that. was big time. Okay. Well, it in a lot of ways it'd be similar to like when the first guardians of the galaxy movie came out the biggest names attached to that movie were the voice actors of of bradley cooper as rocket and ben diesel as groot yes Uh, chris pratt had not become a a leading movie star at that point Mm -hmm. right zoe saldana had done a couple of roles star trek avatar stuff like that but she wasn't a box office draw at that point, at least in my opinion, uh, and the wrestler uh, that played oh Batista Drax, yeah, I, I mean Dave, that was that was his first acting role. So I mean, you were go if if any actors were drawing you in, it was those voice actors at that point. Which is yeah. I mean, and, and this is like such a shift from that too. Um, the yeah. the original Star Wars, uh, A New Hope, they they definitely credited the the voice the quote unquote voices of R two D two. And, and and Frank Oz Tricio, right? and, and for yeah. Yoda, yeah. But I, it's just and in a lot of but in in Star Wars to their to that defense, so uh, Anthony Daniels and um, I'm trying to uh, Kenny Baker were actually in the droid suits in oh, those movies. Okay, okay. So uh, you know they were doing acting 
Anthony was actually providing his voice for C-3PO. And he'll he'll be quick to point out to you that his voice is the first voice you hear in Star Wars. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So, that's um, but yes, for, for this movie, you know, I, I think the closest comparison at the same time would be Star Trek. They never, not until the movies, did they give Majel Barrett credit for being the voice of the computer on the Enterprise. Wow. That's that's so bizarre to me. I and I know like animated films obviously got credit. You know, you knew who the voice of Snow White was or whatever. But like, it's just so weird to me that that they wouldn't include that information. But I mean, history, obviously, we know it now. But um, so so you you mentioned ten ten year old you was was in love with it. Fifty year old you is c- kind of just eh, it's okay. What what are the things that you like versus don't really care for as you watch it now? visually it's an incredible movie to look at yeah um uh, and that's the thing that kept drawing me back into the movie is the the scenes in space the just watching the black hole itself i mean the the special effects they did well creating the landscape and where they were at you felt like you were out in space with this movie and not on a on a sound stage um that the close-up special effects like the the phaser fire mm-hmm. was it it really felt old school yeah and and i say that because at this point we had seen star wars we had seen Battlestar galactica we knew what special effects could do disney should have known what special effects could do <laughs> they could have done a little bit more there yeah um and then the acting just felt so flat they uh-huh it all felt like they were reading off cue cards in the background. Dude, Anthony Perkins as Alex Durant, as Dr. Alex Durant in this movie, I, I feel like on, on <gasps> almost almost every scene that he's in, I feel like he's about to fall asleep. And yep. and like his like the ability to brainwash him into somehow feeling like <laughs> Dr. Hans, whatever, Gruber, whatever his name is, uh, <laughs> like it's like, yeah, this is a good idea. I do need I do need to stay here and I do need to plunge head first into this black hole. Yeah, it's, it's it looked like he literally just woke up right before the scene. Yeah. Matt Maximilian Shell's performance was the only one that in any way captivated me. He, I agree. He he felt alive in that movie. Everyone else felt like they were just walking across the set. He I, had the perfect amount of beard beard play in this too. He had the right <laughs> beard for this job. <laughs> and I, I feel like that 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 can't be left off. I, I couldn't agree more. I he was my favorite character for sure. Um, and uh, just his line delivery and his sinisterness, it, I just I bought every second of it. Like he was really really good. Um, uh, on the flip side, uh, the, the girl that played Kate. Oh, oh my god! Like I I I don't know that I've seen her in other things. Maybe I have like as a background character. Um, and this movie came out in the seventies and, and I don't know how much play she got after this movie. I don't know, but maybe she did, but it was, it was so hard to watch her on screen. I, the way that she, she felt like she was just literally just, um, just, uh, delivering a line that just like you would read it off of a page. It was just, it was so bad. Um, I, and I thought the rest of the cast was just okay, but I mean, the high point for me is definitely Maximilian shell. And then the low point is probably, uh, Kate and maybe a little Anthony Perkins in certain scenes. He was, he was pretty good, like pretty convincing, but in others I was like, dude, you need to open your eyes and wake up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 98 minute running time of, of which the first two and a half minutes is literally just a black screen. Yeah. What was up with that? Well, that's, that's an overture. Um, and basically 
a lot of the big Hollywood movies would have an overture to kind of lead into the movie. And it was also a way to tell the audience, get it, get your butts in your seats, right. <laughs> stop talking, watch the movie. Um, and they, they pointed out in the trivia that Black Hole and Star Trek The Motion Picture were the last two movies to open with an overture. Yeah. So basically at the close of the 70s was kind of the, yeah. la- the last gasp of that. Huh. Yeah. Um, but all of those big Hollywood epics of the 50s and 60s all started with an overture. And for a lot of those movies, they would actually put up a title card that said overture. Right. So <laughs> you would at least know what you were getting. Yeah, there. I was confused. So. Like, I really was confused. Like, I watched that and I was like, I, you fast forward through it. But I was like, man, Disney, what? Did you miss yeah, something here? I, I I panicked thinking that something is, was wrong with my Disney Plus. Yeah, is service. it not working? <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't getting video. I was only getting audio. And it's like, what is going on? Yeah, they they at least should have thrown something on the screen that says there's nothing wrong with your television or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that said, I thought the score was actually really good in this movie. I mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and there's a lot of score in the movie. They they a lot of the scenes have because um, honestly, there there are some some scenes in the movie. Sometimes a couple minutes at a time where there's not a lot of talking. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's it's just a silent part of the movie, and so the the score really picks up. And um, it's it's not John Williams, um, but I think his actually his first name actually is John, <laughs> the guy that composed the music. But um, definitely not John Williams. Um, but honestly, like I, I would put it up there with some of the best sci-fi scores that I've heard. I, I thought it was moving music and well-recorded. Um, and I think Disney, I mean, you think about Disney's track record of movies, even up to, mm-hmm. uh, obviously up to this point, that's an obvious strength of theirs. I mean, they, they're, that's one thing they're really, really good at too. So yeah, they, they had their own in-house orchestra that just focused on soundtracks for movies and TV. And uh, they, in those areas where Disney had a previous track record, they did great. It's getting into the whole special effects that they struggled a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. As, the, uh, the score was yeah. done by John Barry, uh, mm-hmm. and he did Dance with Wolves. Okay. Uh, he did yep. Out of Africa. He did a bunch of. He did eleven James Bond films. Okay. From that, sixty-three to eighty. That explains a lot. John Barry. Yeah, he's uh, he is no longer alive, Phil. <laughs> uh, he's good, man. I, I liked I liked his music in this one. Mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of special effects, um, Vincent is he just an R two D two with a bo- bottle cap on his head? What about the and the, my problem with him was the <laughs> was his actual eyes. You know well, what I'm that, saying? Like that, I like that looks cheap. Like it, that's what made it look cheap. Rest <laughs> of the rest of them, the metal. I thought okay, that makes sense. They what I had read was originally the eyes were supposed to be like like the the scoreboards that you would see at a at a sporting game at that time mm. where you could have some movements by turning lights on or off mm. and they could never get it to work right oh no and so at the last minute they opted just to scrap scrap the the digital eyes and just paste two eyes onto the Jeez. onto the computer it, it looked bad, yeah, it did look bad. <laughs> and, and and that's that's an issue where given that we've seen r2d2 and c3po in star wars and given that we've seen the cylons in battlestar galactica vincent is a step back it's not a step forward yeah that, oh, was, definitely. that was weird that the eyes were the problem and then then the, the rest of the design like his head look reminded me of a vacuum cleaner at a car wash okay mm-hmm. All right, but but other than that, I mean, I, 
have you just fixed the eyes or maybe had no eyes or maybe just did the same thing like a blue like I'm trying to correct the black hole um, but like a, instead of Maximilian's big red light like the you know like a Cylon situation oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. have him have like a blue one of those maybe Knight Rider it up and have it go across hmm. yeah so I, if the directors are listening my, if the directors listening I'd love to talk to you Gary Nelson uh, so there's a there's a several scenes where it's him his uh whatever his model is talking to another model of, of a, of an earlier make. Uh, he says, Oh, you're the 28 uh, model or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Bob was slim Pickens. So they're talking to each other and I had trouble other than the voices who are very distinct, obviously from each other. Um, I couldn't tell who was speaking at, at the time that they were speaking. Like if mm-hmm. I, if I was deaf and was just relying on like subtitles, I, I don't, Unless they said, you know, oh, this is this is Bob and yeah. this is Vincent, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have even known who was who was talking yeah. at the time because um, yeah. there wasn't anything. Visually. There's no visual cue to show yeah. you that they were one of them was talking. That was weird to me. Um, you know, at least uh, C-3PO has like his mouth kind of, you know, um, does a light thing, and then R2D2 actually kind of lights up as he's like well, doing his beep boops and C <laughs> beep boops. <laughs> um, C3 C-3PO's thing is his body language, like his arm movements and yeah, like yeah. body language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, R2D2 kind of he moves around too and and beep, beeps and boops as you use, as you use the you know yeah. you use yeah yeah beep boops. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one just kind of sits there like very static. And those again, those cardboard eyes that they well, I was, it on there. It's been, it's interesting you mentioned the word cardboard. I I really want to know what they made Vincent out of because um, yeah. to me there are parts of him that actually look like literal cardboard with paint on the on the top. Um, Maybe a, a little bit of plastic, yeah. hard plastic. Yeah. Um, you know, compa- compare that to anything else, and I'm not even talking Star Wars. I'm just anything else that was, you know, robotic at that time. Who's um, the who? What's the name of the guy that stays back at the very beginning of the mission, but ends up being escorted onto the ship? What what's the what's the guy? Charlie, I think. What's the actor's name or the character's uh, name? Well, is Charlie, Joseph right? Bottoms is okay. the actor. And he played, what's the name of his character? Uh, Lieutenant Charles Pfizer. Charlie. So Charlie, Pfizer. what's <laughs> really Charlie. funny about Charlie, like Charlie's <laughs> overacting um, yeah. made me laugh so much whenever Vincent went out. He's like, and what's her, what's her, not, what's her, what's her face? Uh, Kate McRae. He's like, oh, the tether broke. When he's outside the <laughs> ship as they're, as they're trying to land or trying to fix the, uh, you know, uh, the panel that broke or whatever. Yeah. And then he's, and then Charlie Pfizer's like, we've got, he's one of us. He's one of us. Why? We've got to get him out. It's like, golly, man. We love him too. Yeah. We've all got we a all, little, we all love Vincent. We've all right? got a little soft spot <laughs> for Vincent. Um, anyway. so they're, they're part of this ship called the Palomino. They can, they find the, the Cygnus and it's basically, um, parked right outside of a, a, a black hole. And it's not getting sucked in. They, they, they mentioned that many, many times during the movie that, uh, that this thing swallows light. It can swallow suns. It's, it's massive. Its gravitational pull is, is the, the, the most powerful force in the universe. And yet the Cygnus is not being sucked in. And they, they kind of explain – they don't really ex- fully explain it, but they, they, they at least address it later when they meet um, Reinhardt. But they uh, – so they approach the thing. They get into its – it's wake, so to speak, and and all of a sudden they're like in the eye of a hurricane. Like there's no more gravitational pull on the ship, but then they go too far, and then they start getting sucked in. That's when what you just said happens, where uh, it, the black hole is literally 
pulling pieces of the ship off. Like it's ripping apart the ship, um, you know, a minute at a time. And they're just frantically trying to patch it up and get back to the Cygnus where they can kind of be safe again. By that point, by the time they actually get to the Cygnus, their ship is so damaged that there's no way they're getting out of this safely without getting repairs like parts to repair their ship. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of necessitates their having to go onto the Cygnus, not just because they want to do a fact finding mission, which they say that's, that's their whole mission is to, you know, find it's kind of, it's very Star Trek, very, you know, new, new life and new civilizations. Um, Yeah. And then the, the fact that they're going onto this ghost ship, it looks like at first, it is a very Star Trek. uh, It's like a, you know, weekly episode Star Trek situation. Mm-hmm. Next Generation has done this kind of thing. You know, the original series did it a lot. So, heck, uh, I mean, all of them. Every incan- I mean, Voyager has done this. Enterprises, I have all done <laughs> like this. There was since then. There was a lot of just walking around. Oh, yeah. and yes. If if you've ever watched like the original Doctor Who from the 1960s, absolutely. Yes. Okay. They would have these 20 30 minute episodes and half the episodes would be the characters walking from one side of the screen to the other <laughs> one side of the screen to the other because they could never park their ship close and it's like <laughs> especially if this is taking place in the future couldn't you at least be able to dock your ship a little closer to the right. where everything's going on why do you have to explore this whole ship you know <laughs> why, and why do you station? have to show us exploring this whole ship well they had to have the um what was the uh the little sled thing that they had to ride oh yeah the it's like uh, a toboggan yeah almost. toboggan <laughs> the uh you know the jamaican bobsled team would have loved the sled that uh that that said i did i, I agree with jerry i did love the the expanse of the the inside of the ship was and they awesome. did make it yeah you're right they the perception of our perception would have was made you know oh this is a huge gigantic ship they did a good job of of that set design some soundstage somewhere in la wouldn't you say is that right <laughs> yeah i'm sure it's uh you know some kind of uh, not cgi but like a you know blue screen kind of uh, you know doctored background type of thing but it looks legit um especially for the time i, I thought it looked really good um jerry <laughs> What is yes. going on with ESP in this movie? I, I th- that was the only part of the the in the first twenty five minutes or so where I literally paused it, rewound back twenty seconds. I was like, did I hear that right? Did they just say ESP? There's a there's a part uh, we just kind of skipped over a bit. Like they're re- trying to patch the ship. They're frantically just trying to get back to the Cygnus as their ship go, you know is basically getting pulled apart. And um, uh, Vincent is on the outside of the ship. He's the only one that can repair from the outside. So he goes out there and sh- and Kate starts communicating with him. She's, they say, use your ESP. And she, she talks to him basically like, like a, a radio like, communication. Like Aquaman, oh. like Aquaman to <laughs> yeah. a fish. Yeah. <laughs> Echo location. Uh, and, uh, and then that actually comes up later in the movie too, where she can communicate with this robot from a long distance. Um, what is going on there? Did that throw you as a kid? Did you just buy straight into it? Uh, it was super weird. I, I'm, I'm guessing that 10 year old Jerry, it probably flew right over his head. <laughs> and I, I did not think twice about it. I think as Adults in my age, 50 now, I'm looking at it and it's like there were maybe scenes that were cut <laughs> that might have fully explained, explained this. It, yeah. uh, it might have just been something that they were intending to develop more. But then as the shooting went along and, you know, you mentioned earlier, the 
the budget was twenty million, which was the most expensive hmm. Disney movie at that point. Oh yeah, and it may have been a point where we've got to get this wrapped up. People. <laughs> we're, we're we're burning money on this, you know. <laughs> Find a way to end the movie as quickly as possible, which they kind of did. Yeah. But oh, yeah. you know, it, it just it it that that was a thing that just it wasn't fully answered by the time you got to the end of the movie. Well, they got to that point in the, in the, again, in the first 25 minutes, they, they introduced the audience to this concept so that she can communicate. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait until they explain how she does that later in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that never happened. <laughs> yeah. So like, I guess you're just supposed to just assume that it works somehow. I, I, so uh, Jerry, you're the perfect person to have on the show okay. for, for this next question. Did you know that there is a comic adaptation the comic book adaptation of this movie yes i i think i had it for a while as a kid oh really uh i think uh dell comics put it out it was like a two issue adapt uh adaption of the movie uh with like photo covers um images from the movie on the covers but then fully illustrated inside so I found so. this. I found it online. I, by, by the way, if you still have that copy, it, it actually could be worth quite a bit of money. But no, no it's no. gone. <laughs> um, uh, I guess it originally ran in newspapers. Like they did, like a full page newspaper print once. A, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was once a week or once. I guess, I guess probably once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, illustrated by Jack Kirby, uh, if you can believe that. Um, oh, who? Yeah. yeah, big time. Uh, obviously, with That's Marvel. Nuts. Yeah. Uh, and it looks it looks very Kirby. It looks like the early Spider Man um, cells. Well, at at that time, Kirby was living in California and doing a lot of storyboards for movies and TV shows. He helped also develop um, Saturday morning cartoons. So it's it it made sense that he would have been involved with this in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um. If if you ever saw the movie Argo. Yeah, the okay. the storyboards in the movie were created by Kirby. Wow, that's, cool. that's he, awesome. Well, I mean, he was actually involved in that in that project. Wow, that's awesome. So, I, obviously, one of the great illustrators ever uh, for comics. But um, yeah, I actually read most of it. I uh, found it online. Like someone just had like a bunch of scans of it or whatever. Uh, and at at one of them, one of, at that point in the movie, they actually explain it immediately in the comic book, which I thought was really smart. The ESB. Yeah, they um, they it's it's once a single cell that just kind of m- mentions it and then blows right past it. But they actually say, oh, because of that implant that you have in your head. There you go. Yeah. See, and where was it's like, that? Why, at? why, 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 why didn't they say, say that? that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so I I'm kind of like I think w- what you said resonates with me Jerry is like the, at some point they were just like okay the money's run out just finish this thing up and put it to print mm-hmm. and then after yeah. the, after they printed it they got they got with Jack Kirby and, and I can't remember the, the name of the guy that wrote it that wrote the the adaptation script they got with these guys and said oh by the way when you do the comic can you explain what ESP is <laughs> but but also well, like and it, it may have been in the original script that was given to the art team to develop sure. um, because you saw that same thing with Marvel comics in their star Wars adaption mm. in the, in 1977. I mean, they, the Roy Thomas and uh, Howard Chaikin and Archie Goodwin were working off like the 1975 script of star Wars. 
huh. before it was finally tuned. So if you read the comic book adaptation, there's a whole scene with Biggs on Tatooine wow. mm-hmm. that doesn't get included into the movie. Um, just little things here and there. You know, Luke actually watching the Star Destroyer attack the Rebel ship. He is seeing that from Tatooine with his binoculars. Wow. And that's in the comic, but it's not in the movie. Huh. So um, it, it may have been that, that that mention of the implant was in the original script maybe it was filmed and cut maybe it was never filmed who knows right yeah it's it's so i mean obviously audiences in 2020 want to know like the backstory or the reason for for that maybe Mm -hmm. that was different back then i don't know i just thought that was a really interesting thing well let me throw this one out to you because two weeks ago black hole actually surfaced in in stories online that disney is considering a remake of this oh really because Disney remakes everything because it helps extend the copyrights that they have yeah. on those on those product lines. So uh, they were they're in discussions to maybe do a remake of Black Hole live action, and they're they're even trying to talk to someone like Tim Burton to direct it. Wow, that would be interesting. I especially the ending of this movie seems very akin to what Tim Burton might do. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's yeah, that, we'll, we'll get that's interesting. Ending, yeah, they, yeah, they would obviously have to change a lot uh, about this movie. Mm-hmm. Not not the basic core plot. I think the basic core plot is actually just fine. Um, but like just the, some of the lines, a lot of the lines are really cheesy to me. Um, and obviously the vis- like the the visual aspect of the the robots, like let, let's get into that. So the ne- the next thing I thought that was really interesting that I wanted to talk to you guys about is um, when they first get onto the Cygnus, they they find all these robots are are basically running the ship, and they don't even know that there's a human on board at first. And all these are robots. Some of them look very robotic. They almost kind of look like some Star Wars mm-hmm. droids. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get onto like the 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 bridge so to speak where you know people are sitting at computers and it's clearly people it's I'm like i'm not talking c3po where it's it's you know anthony daniel daniel's inside of yeah. a suit it's like no that's just a guy in a cloth like in a yeah in a robe wearing a sheet yeah and, yeah and has yeah. a helmet on and um but the the characters you're clearly meant to assume what the characters assume that these are robots and obviously you know spoiler alert for the rest of the movie we find out no, they really are humans. Like mm-hmm. that. That basically, he's brainwashed. Reinhardt has brainwashed these people they are. into they're being, people. yeah, being mind controlled. They're not essentially. They're not made of metal. Um, but they don't know that going into it, and they just look at them, take one look, and say, "Oh, this is just a bunch of robots." I'm like, that doesn't look like a robot at all. Well, it could be cyborgs <laughs> yeah. though, too. Yeah, it could be very lifelike cyborgs. <laughs> but yeah, like when when they were like they, walking around, they were alive like, at one time. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. I I don't yeah. know the exact. Does he ever say what exactly? Are they reanimated humans? Are they mind controlled? Um, were they brought back from the dead? Are they? Do they have implants put in? She isn't he trying to put her through that? Yeah, I I got the impression that they he did to them what he was going to going do. With, to, yeah, with the, to Kate, the lasers in her head, which is basically just controlled. Yeah. But yeah. that's a very yeah. Flash Gordon type scenario. Mm-hmm. But this came out before the Flash Gordon movie, so yeah. But it, it looked very Flash Gordon when they were had her in the machine. Yeah, yeah. What were you gonna say, Jerry? Sorry. Uh, I, 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 I think it was just um, Reinhardt's attempt to, you know, take over the crew so he can do whatever he wants. He had his own plan, and it may have gone against the orders that they were working under. So, 
you know, we'll get the crew to, to follow my lead. Yeah. So they walk in or else. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you will. Um, there's a, there's a little bit of a connection between Kate and this, and this ship. Um, and the fact that her father was on the ship. And so she Mm. immediately is like, Hey, is Dr. McRae here? My, my father. Um, and Frank is what I I think is his first name. So is Frank, is Frank here? And he says, I'm sorry, Kate, but you know, your, your father's gone. Uh, he didn't make it. We were hit by asteroids. He stayed behind. He stayed behind. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Basically, he says that that, that uh, everyone abandoned ship. Like, they got hit by meteorites, and and the ship was immediately recalled back to Earth, and everyone decided to go except for him. He's like, I'm, I'm the captain. I'm going to stay with the ship. And he doesn't really explain much about that, and it obvi- obvi- becomes obvious why yeah. later, why he doesn't talk much about it. But um, And he says he actually says that Frank also stayed behind, but then he didn't make it, and he doesn't, again, talk about that very often, yeah, and very much, accepts, and then moves and she on. she accepts this. Yeah, she just goes with really it. really funny oh, okay. to me. Okay, my father's dead then. <laughs> oh, um, right. <laughs> and uh, and then obviously later in the movie we find out that that was all a ruse. That um, he actually they actually uh, tried to mutiny him. So like so Reinhardt was always the captain, and the crew was basically going to say, "Hey, we're going to take over. You know, we're going back to Earth." And and Reinhardt's like, "No, we we got to explore this black hole." We're like, but we're not doing that. So that basically there's like a standoff and in that standoff, Frank is kind of their leader, the mutiny leader. And he actually gets killed by Reinhardt. And then this is not explained in the movie, but somehow he's able to overpower other, that the many other crew. humans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. could easily rise up against one human. Uh, somehow he overpowers he all the of them. Robot. Maybe he made the robots. Maybe <laughs> Maximilian chopped them all up. If they, if Disney does a remake, I, I would, that is one of the biggest questions I would like to see them answer is, is and actually show it like show it in flashbacks. How in the world he managed to overpower his entire crew of the, this is a massive ship. How many, how many people yeah. run, run this ship? Uh, hundreds of people. He, one human ends, ends up. So I would like to see them do something where like he releases a chemical mist <laughs> through the ship <laughs> or like that he's immune to I like how you need an explanation <laughs> I, I just I want to know like how did this actually occur how did he actually pull this off but uh, there's a lot of unanswered questions as you watch this movie yeah. I you know the more I think about it, the more I would love to see a remake of this movie I would too because I I, I think it it can be done much better and I know you guys a couple weeks ago you were talking about Aladdin and and the the Disney trend for remaking or taking the the animated movies, make them live action. So many times these remakes don't improve on the original. Right. Any remake of the Black Hole will improve on yes. the original. There's, there's no chance of it not improving. <laughs> well, you could almost go the opposite direction and make the Black Hole an animated movie. Oh, I would watch yeah. that. And go the opposite direction, and, oh, totally and actually, yeah. it would be a lot more controllable. Like it would be a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it'd be easier to make because the animation is a whole other thing. But I'm saying, how about that? It'd be more controllable. How about how about Disney's new trend of taking live action old movies the and, and animating them? Yeah, yeah, and make <laughs> yeah. it better. I never even thought about that. And Disney, if you're listening, Phil needs an explanation on. I do on how oh. Doctor Hans <laughs> was able to, uh, dec- you know, uh, incapacitate all these people. To take them over and, you know, so turn them into his druids. Um, the one thing I did like about Doctor Durant, Alex, in this movie is that he, you would think that the entire crew would be like, "You're you're a crazy person. We're not listening to anything you say. 
we're out of here as soon as we fix our ship. But Alex actually, the way that they wrote Alex is he's actually, he buys in. Like he's fascinated by Dr. Reinhardt and says, yeah, um, take me with you. I'd, I'd be interested in going into the black hole. Um, I would so, love, yeah. I'd love to be torn to bits <laughs> in this black hole. Yeah. Uh, he's, I guess he's the scientist. He's the scientist part of the crew. Um, their, their crew is you know, kind of typical fare for sci-fi movies where like everyone has a different role. And I think he's the scientist role on it. So he's very fascinated with the he's science. Definitely of the doctor. Hole. He's definitely Dr. Smith from lost in space. There is no doubt <laughs> that he is doctor. He is Dr. Smith on this. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, but the rest of the crew is skeptical. Um, one of the Harry, the, the older guy, he, um, uh, finds a huge garden full of food. He's like, who's all this food for? For oh, one, <laughs> for me. <laughs> uh, one of them starts limping. He's like, well, that's kind of a weird thing for a robot to do to start limping. Um, you know, these all, all these little clues are like, okay, something is not quite right here. And then we see Vincent join the other robots for a game of skeet shooting. Yeah, that was definitely <laughs> a uh, weird. Uh, now listen, Vincent, hang out here with these little friends. Uh, you'll have fun with them. <laughs> they yeah. seem like nice robots. Give these robots a chance, <laughs> and he just does it, which is really weird. Yeah, and old Bob is in there hanging out with them. It it's kind of funny. I, I guess that even helped prove that those weren't always that they were like humans converted. Oh yeah, because that's good point. their aim is completely off most of the time. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, they're like stormtroopers. Yeah, yeah it very as much as stormtroopers. Except for Captain <laughs> Captain Star. Except for Star, yeah, he which is, I like. His, he's he's kind of Phasma, like he's kind of like mm-hmm. Captain Phasma, where um, he was the second command, and now we've just kind of. And they have this this brief com- brief comment that Bob says where he's like, "Oh, he used to be the top dog around here until uh, Maximilian Max took over." And it's like, okay, that doesn't really help the plot at all. <laughs> Thanks for that information, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's he's the top dog. He's the the top skeet shooter, as they call him. And, um, and Bob has this little story, a quick story about how he challenged him and won, like beat him. And then that's why he's all deformed. I think he got mashed. He gets mad. Because of uh, star beating. He out. Um, and then, uh, and then Vincent says, oh, let me take my turn and flips. He does like a 360 flip in the air. Like he spins all the way around vertically and then like starts shooting everything and then ends up actually shooting star. And it's robot. That's robot murder. (laughs) I thought it was robot aside. I thought it was maybe a video game, like a, a electronic projection of, but they were actually firing shots because one actually ricochets off and hits star in the chest. Yeah. I I don't know if we should even try to get any (laughs) logical, you know, yeah. I want to know how of, it worked. I know you're really <laughs> you're really pushing the limits here on the on, on trying to get some answers on a movie that I don't think has them. You're you're thinking about this much more than Disney did, <laughs> I, and no. and much more than anyone in 1979 did. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, much more than ten year old Jerry did for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So and then Bob basically becomes the um, the truth teller. Like we find out exactly what's going on. He he explains everything that I already explained about how everything really went down. Um, and uh, there and uh, at that point, Vincent's like, okay, we got to get out of here. I got to I got to tell everybody. Um, and I didn't think this was a, that significant of a moment, but real, later on, you realize no, it's it's actually pretty pretty profound. There's a moment where they they're having their conversation and two robots two humanoids whatever walk in on them and and to hear what they're talking about and 
Vincent actually kills them. Like he actually has to. He kills. He fires a, a phaser. Or whatever now are though are the red ones? Are they humans too? I think they're robots. You're thinking about this way too much. No, I'm, but I think the shiny. <laughs> fa- I think the shiny face ones. Yeah. Sponsored by Ray Ban. They might actually are, be robots. They yeah. they are humans. The shi- I'm saying the shiny oh, yeah, face yeah. with the, the, one with the, the glow, the yeah, reflective. Yeah. Which, by the way, I loved that. That that, that actually looked pretty. No, that good. was cool. That the cloth, the 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 whole like druid. That ro- was pretty thing, stupid. I th- thought that was weird, yeah. but their mask was actually pretty cool. Yeah, snuggy, but then mm. the had a snuggy on for a robe. <laughs> but the face mask thing was cool. But I think the rest of them were robots. Actual like the, robots. The four, the four red things, the okay. four red robots that, that go makes sense. get uh, the other guy from the ship earlier in the movie. I think those are robots. Okay. Uh, I think Captain Star was a robot, too. Yeah, you're probably right. And Maximilian was a robot, even though the ending, and we're not there yet, the ending was very, like, meta, where you're like, I guess they're dead. <laughs> I, or is it, a da- is it Dante's Inferno? Is it? I don't know what's happening. And they one of the Harry mentions Dante's Inferno at the beginning. It's, like of, the it's movie. a level of hell. Let's yeah, going to level anyway. We'll get in that in a second. <laughs> we'll get our interpretations. Yeah, on this ending, <laughs> people are dying to know. Yeah, well, everyone is. Um, the he uh, basically kind of informs part of the crew, the crew that he can find, um, that hey, this is not going well. We need to get out of Dodge. Um, they say we're not leaving without Kate and Alex, who are still on the bridge, um, talking with. Um, Reinhardt. Uh, again, they use ESP. So um, the the way that they're able to get to get this information to Kate is through ESP. Through I guess an implant in her head. She learns that you know this is Reinhardt is dangerous. We need to get out of here. He she tells Alex. Alex doesn't believe her uh, at first, but then is is curious. So he he actually pulls one of the masks off of one of those people turned robot. Um, Whatever. And it, it looks like a zombie. It's like a green faced. Um, makeup hu- human. So that, that's what led me with even more questions. Is this a cyborg? Is this, I, I said necromancy. Is this someone that's been brought back from the dead somehow? Frankenstein monster. Oh, it could be. I don't know. Wow. We've got to find out. Maybe it's a poison mist. I don't know. Wow. that I hadn't thought about them actually dying. Like maybe, so in the remake. But then he tries to turn what's her face into one. So you gotta well, imagine. Alive. How do they hold all? I used to, so many questions. Yeah, so many questions. So many questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alex, in this moment, finds out. Uh, okay, it's it's true. These really are people. And yes, Reinhardt's probably not to be trusted. Um, at that point, he tries to confront Reinhardt. I think, or they're they're maybe just try to get out the door, and he gets stopped by Max, the 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 big red robot, um, uh, Cylon or whatever, and uh, he holds up a book. <laughs> to protect himself from being mangled by this, oh my gosh. <laughs> as seen on TV, blender blender arm <laughs> that yeah. this thing has, and it, of course, I mean, it's I know it's shocking, but it tears right through the book, <laughs> like <laughs> in a second, it tears right through the yeah. book. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a little surprised yeah. that he thought that would be an ad- adequate shield against this literature. <laughs> <laughs> but I think honestly, because when I saw that, I was like, "Why did they do that?" But honestly, it was probably to hide the gore of it. Um, I don't know if you you would agree, Jerry, but like they this is Disney and it's PG and they're not going for like really intense violence. So no. I'm assuming they had him hold a book up in front of his chest so that when he dr- literally drills into his chest. That they're not showing like blood spl- splitting out or whatever. I don't know to make it look it, somewhat real. It was it was definitely the 
the Disney censors trying to <laughs> keep it in line. Yeah. Uh, the papers go everywhere too. After yeah. That. I remember thinking like, what, what is this office max? What's happening? He destroyed that book. <laughs> yeah. Golly. Yeah. Ma- max not only uh, is trying to kill him, he also hates books. So yeah. that was like a double, no, it was like a double whammy for him. It's like, never mind. Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, he's dead. Alex is dead. Kate runs for it. He was a good man. That's no, what, that's what no, Hans, Kate doesn't run for it. Hans she, yells that at one point <laughs> after he goes, Maximilian, why did you do that? He was a good man. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. He actually like, <laughs> and then Max is like, well, you're right. Oh, you're, man. Okay. Away. Uh, Kate gets captured. Um, they take her to quote the hospital, which is really, um, you know, brainwashing plant brainwashing sent brainwash center <laughs> yeah and um l ron hubbard's uh and then place of business Sorry. jack I, I want you to talk about the rescue so charlie and harry i think i'm getting the right the names right uh or dan charlie oh and dan i think yeah charlie and dan are the ones that go out dan is the is the captain charlie and dan go after kate to save her while harry stays back with the ship so um, they they run run and get her and then talk about the, that sequence the action sequence flash oh <laughs> I felt like when I was watching and then he comes swashbuckling and pew 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 like some trick shots under his arm there's a lot of rolling a lot of rolling and jumping they shoot all the robots <laughs> they blow up the machine that's trying to zap her mind and turn her into a, veg- a vegetable and um, she's able they're able to escape. Uh, oh, they killed so and so. What was his name? I always forget his name. The actor. That, what's his name? That was on, trying to be on their on the bad guy's side. Uh, Alex. Uh, yeah, they they killed. Yeah, Alex. Oh, they killed. No. Oh, she said they killed <laughs> Alex. Oh, and so basically they're like, he's he, Reinhardt's evil. We've got to get out of here. The robots are people. Soylent Green is made of people. Yeah, and, and they there's actually a moment where they say, "Oh, well, we should save the people then. Like, we should get everyone out of here." And they're yeah. like, "And I think Vince or Bob maybe um, says that, that they're way past they're saving. Too far gone. Yeah, there's no way." Um, so Slim Pickens leads the way <laughs> out. They have to try to escape um, from the ship basically as it's starting to blow up or something. I mean, you know. Uh, yeah, it starts getting hit by it's, meteorites. It's being pulled into high. That's that's uh, irony right there. But they are being drugged then at some point into the black hole, right? Well, no. Uh, Reinhardt actually hits the thrusters. Mm. He, he's like full full head. We're and going so, into. Yeah, we're we're taking this whole thing in, <clears throat> and um and so yeah they they run back and then one one scene I actually was genuinely surprised by I did not see coming. Uh, Harry ghosts them. Like he, so he's back at the ship. They they almost make it to the the doors. The doors close right in front of them, kind of Star Wars style, and and they're like, "Harry, no, no!" And and he takes off without them, which that I did not see that coming at all. Huh. Um, I I don't know that there was a lot of setup for that part of his character because uh, you know he seems pretty benevolent <laughs> uh, throughout most of the movie. I I don't know if he just thought there's no more time. We have to get out of here. I'm leaving without you. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he just he just leaves. Um. Which actually ends up working in their favor because uh, the Palomino goes up in smoke <laughs> a few seconds later. Um, he he uh, blasts it to bits. Okay, so then they have to get on the escape pod ship thing, whatever it is. Yeah, we kind of blasted through, through that. Earlier in the movie, it set up that there's a probe ship that Reinhardt had sent to basically make sure that it, the trip could be made. Yeah, yeah. get out of there. Now, they um, they decide then after the, after the Palomino has, uh, is gone... Uh, that they're going to get on this probe ship. While at the same time, they launch off this, Reinhardt 
starts to go into the black hole, right? Yeah. And but the ship starts to crumble. Yeah. He gets crushed. Maximilian says, you know, adios, muchacha, basically. Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. Um, um, oh, were you second? Reinhardt got crushed. Reinhardt got crushed. What yes. did I say? I think he said Max. I, well, the, Maximilian says, the, the says see ya. Okay, gotcha. The, the uh, robot says see ya. And um, so he's, you know, he does his death scene, which is funny to me, but because I love a good death scene in a movie. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, oh, oh, help someone. <laughs> Somebody oh, help me. Help me. Uh, <laughs> it's like Shatner. Shatner acting school. Uh, we talked about his fighting school earlier, but um, uh, I, they, they, they blast off. And this is the, for me, probably the dumbest thing of the whole movie is what they have to do to simulate, you know, what they, their knowledge of a black hole what it would be like to fly, and they just do the swirly camera like Batman, nineteen sixty six, something, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa!" And they have like these voices echoing over the top of it, and Vincent, whoa, 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 whoa. and then everyone's like that. I thought, okay, they're all gonna die at some point. Then they tag out out to apparently, I okay, the Reinhardt is in, has been drug into the black hole in, on his ship, right? Yeah. But then he is just floating in space. He comes face to face with Maximilian, the robot, and then he realizes he is Maximilian. He is the true embodiment of evil, much like the robot. And then they're all in this fiery hell of a... (laughs) I, I was like, I don't... Jerry, what is your interpretation of this wild and wacky ending? I, I for the bad guys. I <clears throat> this this ending came so far out of left field for me. I I didn't know how to process it. I don't think they knew how to process it. It's like two different movies here. The first <laughs> the first half of the movie makes sense. The second half is just all over the place. It's like buckshot, and I, that that's really why I think. They they were just told to shut this movie down, get it wrapped up, find some way to end it. Uh, there's just so much going on that doesn't make logical sense in storytelling. Um, I think because it was a Disney movie, you had to show the villain the villain's downfall, that he wasn't going to survive and that he was being punished for what he had done. And you still have to allow the heroes to escape somehow. I, I think that probably came down from Disney itself, but yeah, it it's just it's madness trying to watch the end of this movie. <laughs> I I really I really wish we could get in a time machine and go back and talk to ten year old Jerry right after he walked <laughs> out of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you probably walked out w- with your dad. Did you see, you, you said you see, saw it with your dad. Uh, that was Star Trek: The Motion Picture. I okay. don't know who I who I saw the black hole with. I it mean, might have been ten, year, ten year old Jer- Jerry was probably saying talking about all the cool like phaser fire shots and the action scenes mm-hmm. and the robots well, were cool. And well, and they even had action <laughs> figures out for this movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you could get your Vincent figure and your uh, maximilian 10 year old jerry was probably not talking about the ending <laughs> probably just no. completely confused by it you probably still were like wait a minute what like, <laughs> what just happened yeah yeah well or maybe maybe it's, you're still left to assume the bad guys are, are dead and in hell i don't know here here's my i have no idea i'm not going to pretend to know what happens at the end of this movie um however i think one thing is very clear it is it is supposed to depict hell 
like I, I think that's pretty clear. It's it's very fiery, uh, like a fire. There's lots of maybe another dimension. Ghostly. They went through people. time and space. Maybe it's another dimension. <laughs> um, it's not necessarily hell. I'm just saying it looks like it. And then the the good people, the people that have been good throughout the movie, After they, are, are given like a heaven like experience at the end. Um, they're but they like given this new earth, new earth to find. And yeah, all but they stuff. blast through the other side, and there's a planet there, right? Yeah, and it's 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 very. Uh, you know, heavenly and glowing, and you know, halo-y um, looking and stuff like that. So I think they're they're trying to give you the impression that the bad guy essentially goes to hell and the good guys go to heaven. <laughs> but literally speaking, it's probably just a planet and then some. I don't know. I have no idea where he ended up. But like the the synopsis of the, what they put on Disney Plus seems to suggest that this is like another dimension and i think i think reinhardt even uh posits that at some point in the movie like he says like who knows what's on the other end of this black hole it could be you know some other dimension or some uh, some other worlds that we've never even heard of before a whole um, planet based on Chuck E. cheese that sounds like hell. one could dream <laughs> and one can only dream that, that does sound like hell sorry um, my bad uh so yeah what a weird weird way to end this movie i yeah. I honestly had my doubts whether you would see anybody go through the black hole. Um, and yet throughout, as, as Jerry was saying, throughout the entire movie, you're looking for the payoff of what's in, what's on the other side. Like if you go to the, go through the black hole, what, what is, what is this movie trying to tell us about what a black hole is? Um, and so when they finally went in, I was like, okay, yes, yes, we're, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. This is where we see what's on the other side. Oh, it's this. I I don't know what this is. Yeah, roll credits, and, and it didn't even like. <laughs> it just did nothing. So it, it it reminds me a lot of the ending to two thousand one, a space odyssey. You're left in inter- that. You're I left think it was it. it was leaving a lot of it up to the individual to decide what happens. How did this end? Yeah. What is your take on it? So, is that uh, contact? The movie Contact kind of is a similar thing too. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah. I wanted while you guys were talking, I was looking this up. The black hole was nominated for two Oscars. Wow. And I wanna I wanna read the categories and then I wanna read the competition they were up against. Okay. Please do. They were up for best cinematography. Okay. Their competition was nineteen forty one. Wow. <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer. Wow. All that jazz. And the winner went to Apocalypse Now. Wow. Oh, yeah, definitely. That they were even now, nominated is like this weird, like, how? <laughs> now, I, this is the one that, that gets me. Best visual effects. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say best score, but okay, go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> best visual effects. Again, they're up against 1941, Star Trek The Motion Picture. No, oh my gosh. Moonraker, wow! The James Bond movie, which could this go guy. into that whole space right. category, right? And the winner went to Alien. This was the same year yeah. as Alien. It was the came same out. year as Alien. Holy crap! Well, and that's like that jump, and we've talked about this a lot, Phil and I have about like, oh my, like goodness. the the stuff, the level of stuff that Star Wars that de- Star Wars does, uh, and then when you see things that are mimicking Star Wars or like that, what the things that Alien did, it's the same. Where like. They did things in that movie where you're like, how how do they even make that yeah. happen? And it's like this really cool prosthetic design and like well thought out things. 
And like that makes this thing look very two dimensional at times when you yeah. think about like movies that are really really good like we, that. We've so. done this similar conversation on the horrible movie podcast, um, where it's like, okay, well that that doesn't look good by twenty twenty standards, but how does it look by nineteen ninety three standards? We talk about Jurassic Park, yeah, or whatever. Talked about a lot, um, mm-hmm. but like nineteen seventy nine, yeah, these are the standards by which people were grading this movie. Is it does it look as good as Alien? Does it look as good as Star Trek the Motion Picture? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it no. doesn't. No. And, and like you said, the fact that it was even nominated is... Uh, well, obviously, that was the expectation yeah. that it needs to look that good then. If it's literally being nominated for awards, it's really weird then. This movie's... Mm. Here's another kicker that I'll... that'll I, Was it nominated for any beginning. Razzies? Yeah. <laughs> Ish, we, talked, sort of. we talked at the beginning of the movie. This movie had an estimated $20 million budget. Yeah. Star Wars A New Hope had an $11 million yeah. budget. Oh, my gosh. Where was the money being spent at yeah. on this movie? It's all about vision, and it's all wow. about like how you how you're able to like uh, attack that vision and then produce something that eleven million. Yeah, two two years later, they doubled the budget almost oh, of a new. Made, yeah. but they made think about that half like, the movie eleven million dollar budget. <laughs> what what did the first Star Wars make at the box office? Oh, it killed. Um, one point five million opening weekend. <sighs> Uh, gross in the U.S. was roughly four hundred sixty-one million. There you go. Oh, geez. And worldwide Dude. was seven hundred seventy-five million. So, I mean, look, what an investment! I mean, you couldn't. You yeah. Know, an investment like that, that is like that'll never un- happen again. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe if we can ever get that Pluto Nash remake, Ma- make a movie for eleven million <laughs> and then get seven hundred million in return. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, the movie as far as how it goes. Um. Uh. I, again, I, I felt like the sets were were impressive. Um, I thought the the uh, the, the robots themselves. I, I mean, in, even taking into account that some of them were human, I thought they looked kind of cheesy and kind of fake. Um, they uh, the ESP thing was really weird. I thought the acting wasn't that great uh, for the most part. Um, it's it the plot. I, what what really interests I'm really intrigued to see if they actually do a remake of this. That what why I think a remake would be really good is that the basic uh, premise for this movie and the way that the plot plays out is not bad. You know, like, I actually like the have, the structure of it. Have you guys ever seen Event Horizon? Mm-mm. I think so. Okay, this is I mean basically Event Horizon took this and then ratcheted it up and turned it into a, into a space horror movie. I'm telling you right now, I love Event Horizon. Like I, it is, mm. it is one of my. Fa- it's probably my favorite horror movie because I'm not a big horror movie fan. But like as far as space genre stuff, man, it's awesome. And I, it gets Sam Neill's in it. Um, who else am I leaving out? There's a couple huh. other known actors that are in. It's good. It, it's it's pretty fun. Like hide the kids on that one, but it's yeah. good. Go watch that. Well done. <laughs> I'm glad I saw this movie once. Um, I, I almost certainly will never watch it again. Um, although if a remake came out, I would be super hyped for it. Um, and let me put this plug out there. If you can find, I, I found it pretty easily just Googling it. Um, if you can find the graphic novel um, that Jack Kirby illustrated, um, read that because I, I think it's infinitely better um, than than watching the movie. So um, they explain some things that they don't explain in the movie and there's some extra little scenes here and there. Uh, they do change a couple things. Like there's not any violence of any kind um, in, in the comic book. Um, no one gets their chest carved up or anything like that. <laughs> but... Um, and I think I haven't got to the last page, but I think in the, the last page I read that 
the uh, the meld the weird melding of Max Maximilian robot and Reinhardt human uh, into one item. <laughs> I don't know how to describe that one entity. Uh, I guess is completely omitted uh, from the, the comic book, which tells you everything you, they need you need to know about how Disney right. felt about that. So um, very interesting. Um, Jerry, have you uh, been watching anything on Disney Plus besides the black hole? <laughs> Um, well, obviously I watched Mandalorian. Yeah, Uh, absolutely. My, my daughter's been watching more of the Disney plus than I have. Uh, but we did sit down last night and tried to start watching the, the new Aladdin remake. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, had you seen it? I had not seen it. Okay. Uh, I had listened to your podcast, so I kind of knew what I was getting into with it. Right. Uh, and we only got about halfway through it because my daughter's almost a teenager. And when her friends call, that takes more priority. There you go. Absolutely. Um, as far as other platforms, I know you're Disney Plus. But, oh, it's fine. Um, over on Amazon Prime, my wife and I have been watching the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay. Really, that's really funny show. And then over on DC Universe, I've been trying to watch the Harley Quinn animated series. Cool. How's that? And, um, it's. I'm not going to watch it with my kids. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it 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 is a funny show. Cool. Uh, I I like that this version of Harley Quinn is out there in an animated form. Cool. It's cool. Very cool. Uh, Jack, have you been watching anything of note? Uh, just the normal stuff. I mean, I've I've started to go back and watch some of the Clone Wars stuff just to prep for like prep for when we start yeah. when that show drops again. Uh, it's just like it, it's just got so many Google. Uh, what am I saying? Gosh, Google Plus. I almost said Google Plus. That was really weird. Um, <laughs> uh, Disney has a lot of cool stuff on it. Like it's just like this weird. Like you can flip on there. Miller watches a lot of stuff on there too. So. I've been watching the Clone Wars, of course. I need to speed up. Um, I'm still actually trying to get through yeah, season two. Yeah, you've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah, sir. I need to speed up. I need to start watching like five episodes a night. But um, I did just watch in the middle of season two, there's a really fascinating couple of episodes where um, there's like these worm type creatures yes. um, that uh, go, it's it's very Star Trek uh, style, but they, um, if you've seen the Wrath of Khan, it's kind of like, like this thing goes into its nostrils yes. and, and mind controls this person. And I guess that sort sets up Order sixty six. Um, I I haven't I, I haven't seen it all the way through. Watching, but um, yeah, I, I was very fascinated by that episode. I thought I thought it was really well. Have done. you watched any of the Clone Wars animated stuff, Jared? Did you already say that. Um, I have watched it previously. Um, I was trying to watch it as it was uh, airing on Cartoon Network, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would like to go back and revisit it from the very start. Um, you know, you mentioned new season coming up uh in march planet comic-con one of the guests is going to be ashley Eckstein, who does the voice of ahsoka That's cool. nice. on clone wars That's awesome. so, i tell you ahsoka is quickly becoming one of my top top 10 definitely characters in all of star wars right which yeah. is really saying something i mean there's like 30 or 40 big characters in and star I, wars so there's got to be a point where they where she gets that actual live action yeah something i mean you know what i'm saying like a, just a, a spot in and I can't wait to see how she turns out because again, I'm only two seasons in. Um, I, I heard by like five, six, she starts to get like super powerful, super strong. Mm-hmm. Like I can't wait to see how she evolves over the series. But yeah, she's a great character. And I, I think for the longest time, 
the Star Wars franchise, whether it was Star Wars, Lucasfilm, or now Disney, I knowing knowing that they've got such a positive character with Ahsoka, I don't think they want to get to her end, right? Because <laughs> logic would tell you that her character was killed off at some point, right? But I don't think they want to do that for the legions of fans that that she has out right. there. We yeah we we know she's definitely dead. Her voice actually appears in. Uh, this isn't too big of a spoiler, I guess, for Rise of Skywalker, but mm-hmm. um, let's just say you hear her in that movie. Yeah, and so um, because of the nature of that scene, obviously she's not around anymore. But um, I by the way, I love that she was in Rise of Skywalker. Her voice that was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool to to include her. Uh, and the only other thing we watched was, um, I mean, jo- Jordan's always watching kid shows, but uh, we watched Ratatouille, which I, we talked about on the Pixar episode. Uh, I had not seen it for like 15 years, and so we went back and watched it. That movie holds up really well. It's mm-hmm. really good. Did Jordan like Ratatouille? She did, which I, I surprised me. Uh, she's more into the uh, princess stuff or toy stuff, like she loves Toy Story. Um, uh, you know, a, a movie about a, a a rat that wants to be a chef. I, I didn't I, think would appeal to her, but I she loved it. That, I think that rats making our food is a good idea. <laughs> I think that you know, in the past, you know, the plague and that sort of thing. It's give rats a, rats a bad name. Yeah, but I think we should give the rats a chance. I think she just really liked the relationship between the two, like the rat character and the human. Oh, character, can I make so. one more observation on the black hole? Yeah, sure. Um, Hans, uh, the, the good doctor. Think about this. He is just minding his own biz out here in the black hole, wanting to drive into the black hole. 20 years of work he put into this. And here come these jerks that come aboard his ship and completely upset the apple cart. (laughs) Think about that. He was just out here. He didn't ask them to come. But here they are. It, it's very much like Star Wars with the Empire and these rebels coming aboard the Death Star and yeah. then blowing yes. it up. Think yeah. about at the end. Who are like, the real villains At the here? end, like his his whole world is crumbling around him. And he's like, <laughs> like at no at some point he should have said, "I had it so great. I had these loyal servants. No one was bothering me. I've got this garden <laughs> no. full of fresh rhubarb that just came up this morning, and here come these jerks aboard, and I tried to help them, and look what they did to me. You're so right." It's weird. Yep. You know? I think you've got the Corre- right perspective Corella on this movie. De Corellville just wanted some dog coats, people. <laughs> you know, Jafar well, just thanks. wanted to make his way. He started out as nothing. Jafar started out as nothing. He be, he wanted to just help the people. That You know, it, it, it's the same premise. Thanks for your unique perspective. It's unreal. The emperor just trying to help people. It, it just trying. Well... Yeah, thank never you. hurt anybody on purpose. Never. <laughs> I don't think you're you've sold me or, or Jerry at all. But thank you for your perspective. No, whatever, Jack. Um, whatever, Jerry. Uh, those who are listening to this episode, uh, if yes. they want to follow you and and what you're doing out in the interwebs, uh, on the yeah. internet as in general, uh, specifically your podcast, I think would probably be of interest. But how can people yeah. follow you? Uh, worst comic podcast ever. Uh, we'd like to think we're getting better, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of up for the listener to decide <laughs> uh we are a weekly show it's myself colin stapleton john holloway i've known each of these guys since middle school so we know where all the bodies are buried we get together <laughs> once a week to talk comics tv movies all the other nerdy stuff that our wives don't want to hear us talk about uh new shows go up every friday morning 
Uh, as you mentioned yesterday, we just put up episode 291 or 292. I lose track after a while, <laughs> uh, which was our Star Trek episode. Uh, we are counting down. We are going to record episode 300 live at Planet Comic Con in Kansas City in March. That's awesome. Uh, so we're going to invite everyone to come out and uh, attend the live tape live recording of our podcast um if you want to look for us social media facebook twitter instagram uh you can go to our website wcpever.com uh that is also our twitter and instagram handle or on facebook just search for worst comic podcast ever Cool. I, I love your guys' slogan, uh, from middle school to middle age. Is that mm-hmm. so much in that? I love that. Um, there, definitely. <laughs> it, 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 we definitely resemble that remark. So. <laughs> um, if you are in the Kansas City area at all and are, are even thinking about going to Planet Common, uh, Comic-Con, uh, you need to figure out when this these guys' panel is and go see them live. Uh, they, they put on a fantastic live show. I've seen them more than once. And uh, it's just a, a great time. Even if you've not listened to a ton of their episodes, uh, you will still just really enjoy being in the room. And um, they just have a lot of fun. They party, play games. Yeah. It's, it's a good time. And we give out prizes. We I was, give right. out. I was we give out a lot that. of really cool stuff. We've yes. got. You know, we travel to a lot of other cons. We we interact with a lot of creators. We get a lot of books signed, and then we give those away. So uh, I've got a stack of books that I've collected. Uh, signatures on over the last year colon who now lives up in portland oregon which is like the mecca of comic book creators yeah has a huge stack of signed comics that he's bringing in i'm, I'm just going to drop a couple of a uh, couple of them out here yeah uh spawn number one signed by todd mcfarlane wow a <laughs> savage dragon number one signed by eric larson you guys are giving these away yeah, at, oh our, my at, our, <laughs> at our panel, there there was an Image Comics signing in Portland a week or so ago, and Cullen was first in line. Wow. So, wow. Uh, I've got a Scotty Young art book signed here that will be given away. Nice. Um, just all kinds of stuff. It is. We we do have fun with our panel. We play some kind of game. Uh, we we have a general rule if you ask a question you get a prize so yeah uh, we want people to come we want people to participate have fun and everyone that comes is going to walk home with something we've got more than enough prizes to give out to everyone That's awesome cool definitely um i think there's still trying to figure out ex- exactly what the time is going to be but you can find mm-hmm. that on the planet comic-con website just google planet comic-con it'll come yep. right up and um, and we'll be putting it out there in our social media feeds once we get that locked down cool We'll follow Jerry, um, and thank you for listening to this episode. It was awesome to have Jerry on. Thank you for inviting me on. It was so much fun. Everybody give it up for Jerry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you have any ideas for what you want to hear on this podcast uh, or send us your own review on something that you've watched on Disney+, Plus, we'd love to include you on the show. Our email is DisneyPlusReviews at Hotmail.com. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jack, for joining me. This is a great episode. I really enjoyed talking about the black hole today. Uh, we will see you uh, next week. I don't think we have anything planned, but we'll um, There's so many we'll things. figure something out else out and watch it and talk about it. It's gonna be great. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Bye bye.